Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So in the world that we live in, as all of us creative baby entrepreneurs, we have so many talents and I'm so proud of all of you. Seriously, your businesses are beautiful. You're doing really great. But one thing that I am seeing, and because I was the same person as well, is that although so many of us are really talented and creative, maybe we strategize really well and we identify as a creative. Maybe we're an actual fine artist or a photographer, a wedding planner, anything in between. And we're like into that creative field and it feels good and it resonates and we know what pretty stuff looks like when we see it. But, and I will wear this hat proudly, I am a creative, shitty designer. (laughs) So what I mean by that is I have an eye for stuff and I know what I want. And I know like cohesively kind of how things can come together, but literally designing something for my brand, even as simple as like a social media graphic or an announcement thing or an email header, like literally anything. And all of a sudden, every skill set I ever thought I have flies out the window. So I am lucky to have Abby on my side because she is a trained designer. She comes in and swoops the day along with our in-house designer, Tara, who is amazingly talented, but not all of you have that. And so I thought today would be a really fun day to kind of kick off me asking Abby, our amazing, beautiful, trained, award-winning, lovely designer, questions for you guys, right? And how can our creative audience who is talented How can they start to create a brand that looks really professional right out of the gate, but doesn't require you to learn an entire new set of skills that you just don't have? I can put a gallery wall together like nobody's business, but making a freaking Insta story template, I'm like, you guys can't see me shaking my head, but it's disgusting. (laughs) Well, and I think the important thing here is while we will always preach for the rest of time that ultimately we want you to build a profitable and sustainable business. We want you to create a full-time income. 
without having a brand that reflects how talented you are and how professional you run your business, it can put you back. I don't think it's the first thing you should implement in your business. I think you should be making money. But But we also can't ignore the fact that when we started, we started off on an amazing foundation because we were able to focus on creating a product immediately because we knew our brand would look super profesh, modern, and feel like us because I could bring beautiful imagery to our website and our brand. You could bring beautiful design and tie everything together. So I want to share some of those tips with you guys and what you guys can be thinking about and doing and implementing and how to kind of wrap your head around this. But I also don't want to like minimize the beautiful foundation we were able to start with because of our talents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely think in a lot of ways we had a leg up because of our background. And so if we can give you all a leg up, I want to do that. Obviously, this is what this podcast is about is you, you taking away actionable strategies. So talk to me about your pain points. What are some of the things that you went through when you were starting your first business? Well, it's stuff I still go through. As you guys know, I have a side hustle. And since... And I don't work for that business. And Abby does not work for me. And I don't have a designer. Um, (laughs) She did, though, lovingly design my website for me. So for that, I am forever grateful. But anytime I want to create some sort of business card or graphic as a mailer or social post or whatever, right... I'm doing that myself. And then I have a like an additional side business that I help run with my dad and my brother with flipping houses. And so for that, we've had a name and created a logo and we might one day have a website for that. Now, I am gonna just like kind of put together my skills as best I can. But one of my pain points and something I've done, I'm sure you've seen because it's in our shared Canva account. As I've created my website years ago, And I was, you know, setting out to blog more. And when Penny was first born, I blogged a lot. And I wanted to create this like cohesive feel for my blog post graphics, knowing that I was going to pin them and I wanted them to be shareable, everything that I've learned in our own business and other people's businesses. So I designed myself in Canva, a blog graphic template. And I think what a lot of people go through is what I did. I made one and was like, okay, that's good enough. And then the next time I wrote a blog post and used it, I hated it. Like it was just didn't feel right. Didn't feel like me. Didn't feel done. It didn't feel good. So I made a new one. And then I updated that old blog post with a new template. I think I've done that four or five times. Mm -hmm. So I think my question is, and I know it's going to be kind of hard for you to explain, but how do you fix something that's not quite done, but you know something's missing? Mm -hmm. Or how do you just get confident enough with something to to have this cohesive look, even as something as simple as like your blog post graphics week over week or month over month that you're writing. Yeah. So layout is important. And obviously it goes a long way. If you think about how you put together a room or you put together a wall or how you design a space, like layout is obviously a crucial piece of that. That being said, like when you put together a gallery wall, there's pieces that you need for every gallery wall, right? And the same is true for graphics. There's pieces that you need for every graphic that if you continue to do those same things consistently, then 
you're going to come across as cohesive. And the cohesive part is crucial when you're trying to build a professional brand because for a long time I saw Emily (laughs) when we were just, when we were just friends, you know, back in the day, but even, even now she likes to experiment and there's nothing wrong with experimentation. It's a lot of fun. You can try a lot of different things, but it can also cause everything to take way more time than it needs to one and two you don't become recognizable and the goal with anything in business i mean when you're talking when you're putting your message out there when you post a graphic whatever you want someone to see something you did whether it's words photography or design and then go oh that's so and so because it's like living and breathing that brand, right? So how do you do that? So how do you build cohesion when you're not a designer? And maybe you never had someone work on your brand. Like this is like startup 101, right? Okay. So I'm going to teach you some basics that I took away from design school and I think make a really solid brand moving forward. And you can always change these, but I will give you a personal mission to try not to change any of the things we're about to set up today for at least six months. It's so hard. (laughs) Okay. At least six months, ideally at least a year. Okay. So let's talk about fonts because fonts are important. You, You might have a logo and your logo might be custom and that's cool. And if it is, then you're going to want fonts that complement your logo. Now, if your logo is not custom and you're just using a font, you can make a decision whether you want your font from your logo to be part of your overall brand or is that font special to just your logo. That's a decision you have to make. But either way, you're going to want to come away with one special font. Okay. I call it a display font. When you look at font websites, they will even often have display sections. It doesn't have to be crazy though. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, like when you were designing your invitation for your 13th birthday Mm -hmm. and like, (laughs) right. Right. Mm -hmm. It was a little, a little nuts, right? It mm-hmm. had a lot of curly cues or a lot of design aspects to it. Your display font doesn't have to be crazy. It's just special. It's just got a little extra something, something, right? Mm-hmm. When you have that font, you're going to use that in places like headings, main kind of subject line kind of things. It's going to be special, but you're not mm-hmm. using it on everything. You're just using it in a special area. And I'll throw in a tip here, at least an opinion that I'm going to disguise as a tip. (laughs) If your logo is a script font, which you can do for sure, it was definitely a little bit more trendy a couple years ago, but some people are still using script fonts as their logo. Please decide that that's just special for your logo and don't have a script that's really difficult to read as your like a main special font that could be a header for your blog or, you know, one of your headline fonts in within your website. If it's too difficult to read, like it ain't gonna get read. Yeah. Readability is crucial. It, mm-hmm. If it's just cute, then like you're going to need to use it even more sparingly and have yeah 
a different display font. Most of the time, our display fonts are just like a really fancy serif. Like they're not serifs. It's not crazy. Okay. Mm -mm. It's not crazy. And it's hard to describe when you can't see it, but we're just going to go with that. So on top of your display font, you're going to want one body copy font. Now, usually your body copy font will come as a family. Families of fonts are basically all the variations. So like, say your font is Roboto. Roboto is a free Google font. Okay. I like Roboto. Roboto comes in a variety of different, I don't even know the word anymore because I'm so far removed, but like variations essentially like medium, bold, bold italic, blah, blah, blah. You've, You've all seen them. Okay. That's a family. You want to pick one body font family and it can be serif or sans serif. For those of you who are not versed in what fonts are, basically, if it has a little tail on it, that's the, those are serif fonts. Think of like an old newspaper print. That's a serif font. Um, and is a serif font. Yes. And then sans serif is what you're used to seeing as kind of like a modern everyday body copy font. But there's a ton of variety of them. And you can find some that are really cool and like a little bit interesting. But these Mm -hmm. have to be so readable. So readable. There's some serif fonts that people have used or sans serif fonts that people have used as their body copy. And it's so thin or just like really light. And it's like, I can't read that. My old eyes can't read that. Right. So your body copy font needs to be super readable. Even, uh, for instance, in Emily's case, a light font can be beautiful on like an in-person thing Mm -hmm. where you can touch it and you can feel it and it kind of can be subtle. But a lot of times on the internet, something that's too light, as in too thin, Mm -hmm. it doesn't pick up very well. So that font family might be okay. You just might never use light. Right. Okay, so you have one display font, you have one body copy font family, and now you're done with fonts. You guys don't get to pick any more. That's it. One family and one display. That's two decisions. Now, even within the family, don't go crazy with changing up how many variations you use of it. Generally speaking, there are going to be times where you want bold or italic. There's going to be times where you want like a thinner font for body copy. I get it. But just don't go crazy with how many, because people can get really crazy with how many variations they're using. Use a couple, but they all need to be the same. Yep. Now, colors. Let's talk about colors for a second. First of all, if you can't find a color palette, all you need to do is go on Pinterest and search color palette. If you Mm -hmm. have an idea of what you're looking for, you could say warm color palette, blue color palette earthy color palette right you can literally literally anything you can find all sorts of color palettes already designed for you you don't even have to think about them now ultimately you're going to want the hex codes for these things yeah the hex codes are what this color translates into online So if you're going to use it for your website, you're going to want the hex code of that color. You're also going to want the same thing if you're using it on Canva, yada, yada. Ultimately, you're going to want the hex codes. Now, here's a hack. Download Color Pick Eyedropper for Chrome 
It's just a little plug-in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. at the top. It's free. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't, like if the Pinterest article or whatever doesn't share it, share the hex codes, you can click that eyedropper, hover over that color, and it will give you the hex code. And you copy it, paste it, save it. You can also search Adobe Color. And for at one point, they spelled it funny. I think it was like cooler, like K-U-L-E. I think they fixed it. Oh, that's so rude. I think they fixed it. I hate when people do that. I think if you just search Adobe Color, you'll be able to find it. They used to have at one point where you could upload any image and it would have the ability for you to pick colors from it. Ultimately, though, we're trying to come up with a little teeny color family. And this is how many? Three? So I would say three colors and one to two neutrals to complement because you will need times where you're going to stack colors. Like I need kind of like a beigey, like light background, but it's not white. And then like a pop of color on top of it. So you're going to want a neutral that you could layer underneath or do the reverse where you have a really dark color and then you have the light neutral as the in-between. Now, sometimes you will want to add gray or black or white to this color palette. Those are like bonuses, but yeah, if free colors, but that being said, like, you know, there are a million shades of gray. So it's still important to pick a shade of gray that matches stick with it. So pick what your gray go-to or your black or close to black go-to mm-hmm. is, or maybe your white is a little off white. Those are all fine things, but you have to decide what they are and move on. So my goal would be, for you, it would be three colors and a couple neutrals, and that's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quick, and easy, our, our trick for always having those as a reference, I've done this in a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. I've had like a sticky note on my computer, like the app, like the actual app sticky note, mm-hmm. post-it notes or whatever. And I've typed up all of our fonts and our color codes there so I could easily reference them. We have them on a list in a Trello board. So it's like our team colors. So it's our font names font colors, like ways that we use stuff within our brand. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to do that for my business. So it's easier for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have found that, you know, as I'm making stuff or out creating stuff that I don't have those memorized, then I often forget what font families we're using. And so having them handy is easy. Yeah, you can even if you have Canva's like upgraded account, you can create your quote unquote brand in Canva. You can decide what my headline font is, what my body font is and create a color palette. That's always there and always ready for you. And I definitely suggest that multiple ones. Yeah. So like, but that only makes sense if you have multiple businesses. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. So we all share the same Canva pro account. So I have mine and Abby has hers and the boss project has theirs. And totally we even have different kind of color stories for different um, products of ours, but just because it makes sense. But I don't, I don't want you to go down that rabbit hole. Don't get confused by everything coming out of Emily's mouth. The goal for you (laughs) is to have a simplified set of design tools and when, when I say design tools, I mean colors and fonts that you mm-hmm. can go to. And what happens is when you start to use those consistently, you become recognizable. <laughs> you become recognizable. You become yeah. recognizable. Yeah. I think that that has been, and when you like, when you outline it like this, it seems so simple. You just have to make some choices. That has been one of my biggest hangups so far mm-hmm. in creating something that stays 
consistent. Totally. Totally. I know one of the things you brought up for me recently was like, now I know there's a lot of templates out there or like, maybe I'm looking at this here and this here. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to make my stuff match. Yeah. Well, because I, I did, I feel like what a lot of people do too. And you get excited about new template kits or brand kits or whatever that are being sold on Etsy or creative market or different shops and all of these different things. Maybe there was like a free download over here and then you have this thing over here. So you wake up and you realize like you're using all of these different type of graphics that you've got from all of these different sources. And again, something is off. And what I have learned over the years is that when there's something off, the number one thing that's probably missing is cohesiveness. Mm-hmm, so how mm-hmm. do we ensure that? What's your advice there? If we're not like paying a designer to come in and make all of these things for us, what do we do instead? So two kind of things. I would look for places that offer kits or collections that all kind of match and go together. Like, can you find a place that offers social media and they also offer like a website kind of template and they also offer maybe some like collateral that you could use for your clients or this, that, or the other. If you have trouble finding that, or or maybe you haven't found the perfect solution yet, in the meantime, it really is as simple as ensuring that if you utilize another template that you are going through and you are changing the fonts and you are changing the colors. Mm-hmm. That'll take you a really long way. Now, there are obviously things that are going to look, you know, a little more modern and minimalistic Mm -hmm. and then like some that are going to have like a ton of texture and all this other stuff. You have to play a little bit of, you know, investigator here. Like think of this as, you know, throw pillows on a couch. Do they all go together or like is this one kind of like the awkward you know, outcast right. and you really need the enough golf hello, the grunge. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you all have, you, I mean, and you can do this in your house. Like I've seen yeah. you do it in your house a million times. You put it all together and you're like, Oh no, this one's the sore thumb. Well, right. if you don't do that in your brand, then mm-hmm. you just start to look a little slapped together. And yeah, it, if you're willing to take the time, it, it could be as simple as, you know, this one has like all this like watercolor in the background right. and this one uses like all these like really bold lines. Well, maybe you just only use watercolor like right. as your accent, you know? Yeah. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I want to go into something that I think, again, aided us in looking super professional in the beginning, but also helped me before I met you look professional, even if I didn't design anything. And I think this is the thing that if invested in properly, Mm -hmm. can truly, truly up level your marketing, branding in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. So Honestly, photography can take you so far. So far. So far. So far. You could have a very poorly designed, literally anything, and with amazing photography, bump it up 10 notches. Like, seriously. Well, even, like, I'll go and say it doesn't, like, yes, you can have a poorly designed thing and bump it up, but, like, you can have a basic, super, super basic. So, like. Even when I asked Abby to do my website, I was like, please spend two minutes on it. Like, I'm not paying you for this. Please do it. You can put your name at the bottom. You're my friend. Please love me and design this. And so I didn't obviously want her to stress about it. She spent more than two minutes on it. But she built it in a sense of like, if you slap some pretty pictures behind here, here, and here, it's going to make it like really special and really unique and stand out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So if photography is important, where do you find photography? Honestly, 
It depends. <laughs> so I have a different opinion. So it depends on where your or what kind of company you have. I think that's the big first thing. Because if you're selling your own products, then you obviously need photography of your stuff. Right. Please learn how to take those. But so if you you're a health coach, like there is lots of amazing opportunities for you to find both free and paid stock photography that mm -hmm. showcase like the lifestyle of a health coach, even if you're a terrible photographer and never take your own pictures. Right. 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 And so yeah. that's what I'm trying to help you identify. Yeah. If you have your own products, please, if you, if you do not feel capable of taking photos and editing them, you hiring someone to take those pictures is going to go so far. It's a must. It's a must. And this is where I truly separate photography from branding in the sense of, okay, you don't need to invest a ton of dollar bills, if any, at the very beginning in branding, as in a brand new website and full brand collateral and all of this stuff up front. If you're like not entirely sure what your message is, if you're not entirely sure the look and feel... But if you are a brand that like if you're a service provider, right, and you are selling and fulfilling this service, I want to see you and things that make you you in your photos. And if you truly invest a couple hundred dollars in the beginning to have a session done where a photographer is taking pictures of you and your own custom stock images, like your hands on a coffee mug or like your calculator by like your stack of folders or whatever, right? And they're only yours that only you can use. You can truly use those for years mm -hmm. and they will set you like way up. Yeah. But I'd, I wouldn't be afraid to mix in stock that exists if it works for your brand. Right. I like mixing in stock with custom stock. Right. I do too. And I think it's important that whatever stock that you're going out and getting, whether it's free or paid or you're paying someone to take it for you, regardless, some of the things you need to be looking for is that the editing style is fairly cohesive. So like if your brand is dark and moody and all your colors are dark and moody, and then you have these like super oversaturated airy, airy yeah. photos like it's gonna look weird so right um you need to find stock that matches what you're doing on the color branding side but then just continue being cohesive with it now mm -hmm. there is a lot more free stock that was oh, yeah. not available five years ago now, you have to be careful because some of it is so readily available that a lot of people are using the same images. So like, mm -hmm. be willing to really search, like don't yeah. just use the first thing that pops up, like really search for something that feels a little more custom. But one of my favorite free stock sites is called unsplash.com. What's the other one we use? Was it Pexel? P-E-X-E-L? Maybe. I don't know. It's been I'll a while. Convert. It's my favorite. Okay. There's and there's definitely lots of paid ones for sure. Like it's no longer the days of having iStock as your only option and everything no. looks corporate and terrible. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be that way. Now they might have upped their game since the last time I looked, but the last time I looked, I was not happy. Adobe stock has some good options. Yeah. Too. So if you have a creative cloud subscription, which you probably don't, if you're not a designer, mm -hmm. then you wouldn't necessarily have access. But I think I think they do have some options there. Yeah. It's Pexels, P-E-X-E. 
E-L-S. I think this is it. Maybe this is just one. Their website looks different. If I if I can confirm, I will let you guys know. But sure. The key things that make a good stock site for me is the ability to get really fine-tuned into your search. Yes. So like that's what I really liked about this site. Right. Because the more specific you can be, like the better quality images you're going to find or the more relevant images you're going to find. Yeah. Not that your photos always have to be exactly matching your words. Like you can mix things up a little bit. But the only other thing I wanted to mention about photography, because Emily mentioned hiring someone, that is great. But I know if we're like marketing on a budget, right? Can you find a local photographer in your area that's willing to do trade work with you? You obviously have a skill. You're you're offering it as a business. So is there someone that you like their work and they also have the desire to work with you? And can you work out a trade agreement? Mm-hmm. And it could literally just be like one session and you do one thing for them. Like it doesn't have to be this huge, elaborate, ongoing relationship. Yeah. And in fact, I probably would shy against that because eventually one of you is going to end up presenting the other person. (laughs) So find something that's like a short term little collaboration and it kind of gets you on the road. Yeah. But I think spending the time there is truly beneficial. So what other, okay. So I know, I'm sorry, I'm looking at our notes guys. So I don't forget things that I wanted to say. I know we have some other points that we want to make in order to look like super professional right out of the gate. I know that sometimes like you're getting so hunkered down into providing your service and your skill. And if it's not in design or photography, like sometimes dipping into this world, like isn't even a concern for you. But when you're ready, I think it can get overwhelming. So I think if you look at just these few things that I was going to go over for you. Mm -hmm. Um, These are the things that if you hold them important and as priority that you can stay focused and professional. Yeah. So the goal here is we're talked about how you can stay cohesive, how you can come off as, you know, you have your shit together with us, like beautiful photography or whatever, but how do you get that like professionalism? Like, how does that ring true across all of your stuff because you could be super playful and still look professional yeah but the the way you do that is actually a lot more simple than I think you might think for instance Emily when I said she liked to experiment she liked to experiment like (laughs) her stuff looked different all of the time especially Mm -hmm. when she was like just starting in their creative space. I mean, I would see her designs and you could tell she like downloaded something else, but she didn't Mm -hmm. change any of the colors. She didn't change any of the fonts. She was just kind of using whatever came out of the box with this other template. And so it just kept changing. And so you never, it never became recognizable. The only Mm -hmm. thing that became recognizable was Emily, like Emily's face. Like unless it was her face, I had no idea it was her most (laughs) of the time. Okay. And so what we want to do is prevent that so that if they see other things that are not your face, Mm -hmm. that they start to recognize you and there starts to be like, Oh, that's so-and-so like, think about when you're scrolling Pinterest. I think Pinterest is an even better example than Instagram because a lot of people's photos can start to look like each other over time, especially with like these trends and presets and da, 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 da. But like if you're looking at Pinterest, generally it's a mix of photography and design and there's some kind of layout. 
if you like a blogger or you like a specific website, I'm going to guess that you can start to recognize their content in your Pinterest feed. And it's subconscious. You're like, oh, it's my favorite food blogger. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I really like her fashion stuff. Or, oh, their home stuff, whatever. And like, you are inherently attracted to it. Now, it's not because their stuff is so beautiful (laughs) that like their design is what's winning you over. What it is, is recognition. You see their stuff and subconsciously remember, I saw this before, but you didn't see this exact thing before. You saw something similar because Mm -hmm. everything they're putting out is similar. All the designs they're putting out are similar. They're using the same templates. They're using the same fonts. They're using the same colors. Am I saying this enough times that you're getting the picture? Well, and I I finally listened to you in one of my other businesses with making earrings. I have business cards that I send in with my orders, right? And the first time I ordered them from one place because I just wanted them quick and fast. And like, I was trying to see like if this was going to be something that stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that I needed to change the size of those business cards. So I wanted to tweak the design. So I ordered those, used all of them up. When I went to reorder, my brain did the thing where it was like, do I want to edit this a little bit and change it? And I literally did not allow myself. I was like, just click reorder, reorder them exactly the same. There's nothing wrong with them. And so I got those in, shipped some orders out with those. And I got more than one person who either DM'd me or said during their story when they were like sharing that they got my earrings, like opened up my box and they were like, oh my gosh, this card is so pretty and it's so beautiful. And it feels like her brand and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to keep just reordering the same things because it's working and it's starting to like build a foundation. So Mm -hmm. you're right. (laughs) No, for sure. And even as a designer, this is hard not to want to change things. Yeah. Like because you do something and it feels good and then you're like, oh, something's off. But seriously, if you can just pick one design direction and keep going. Yeah. Uh, that allows you to work on what you're supposed to be working on. The whole goal of us doing this episode is so that you can spend more time in your business on the parts of your business you're good at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're only Which covering this. It's not design. You're not, a, if you're not a designer, it's not design. Right. Try. We're, we're trying to cover this so that you can do something and have it be cohesive and recognizable. Okay. So This sounds crazy, but being repetitive and predictable makes you seem reliable. I'm going to say that again so that you can (laughs) put the ladies in the back. Put the ladies in the back. Being repetitive and predictable makes you seem reliable. Why? (laughs) Because you seem more solid. Because you seem more grounded. Because you seem like you're not going away. Okay. You're not flaky. You're not changing all the time. You're not like we all have that friend. We all have Mm -hmm. this friend. They might not even be a friend. They might just be someone we lurk and watch. But like one week they're doing this thing. And then two weeks later, they're selling something else. And you're like, what are you even doing? And their whole website's different. And then their brand name changes. And then they sell something else. And like, (laughs) literally, you all know who this person is. I'm avoiding you looking like this person. Yeah. If you're selling something consistently, you should also show up in your design and your branding consistently. So don't change direction. 
be repetitive, be predictable. Don't like, if you're doing a podcast, your graphics should look the same every time for at least mm -hmm. six months. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want people to like see you in their feed or see you in stories or see you on Facebook and be like, that's so-and-so that's so-and-so. Right. Okay. Those are good things. And big or, brands do this all the time. I was going to say, like, think of how shocking it is for when, like, this was like a year ago, Facebook changed their font, just like on their newsfeed, changed their font. And even they changed their logo and the shade of their blue. And it like is weird. It like kind of takes you aback because you get used to the way that something works and looks. And then when it changes, like there has to be a whole new relationship building with that thing now. Like it, you question it for a second. Like yeah. I, people, this got, is the actual site. People got upset for a second. And, yeah. that, and sometimes it honestly is not that big a deal, but there's a reason Facebook has only made subtle changes over time. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at their site today versus what it was when it came out 10 years ago, obviously their site looks different, but there is elements that... Mm -hmm are carried over and it's like been a very gradual evolution. Yeah. The same is true for pretty much any major brand that's been around for any length of time. Now, I don't know why all food brands came to mind, <laughs> probably because I'm hungry. But <laughs> if you look at big brands and you were to look up brand logo over the years or brand logo That's in the one 50s. Of my favorite things to do. I love seeing different logos over the years. Yeah. So then you can kind of see, oh, you know, really it didn't change all that much. So right. a couple of brands that I think have been very similar, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Chipotle, pretty much any major fast food chain, while they've all modernized, and I mean, even McDonald's, like they've come a long way, like how their building is and all of that, how their stuff is laid out. They have changed their fonts, but there's like, there's still golden arches, right? They didn't be like, you know, I'm going to change it. I'm mm -hmm. going to change our Sarah font. I'm going to change it to script tomorrow. What? Yep. McDonald's. Like, you'd be like, is this the same business? Yeah. Like, yes, they've modernized, but it took a very long time and it was very subtle changes over time as to not disrupt the trust factor they've already built with their people. Because yeah. you don't think of design as something that aids in trust. But I already said being repetitive and predictable makes you seem reliable. So yeah. when you are constantly all over the place, you look all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so helpful. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. What you saying? So I have one last point, and then I feel like I've kind of given you enough for design one hundred and one yeah. for today. And really, this is just a reminder when you're going through this and you're deciding what your fonts and colors should be, when you're deciding how your brand should look, even if you've already established a brand and you have a desire to change it. I'm not saying you can't change it. I'm not saying you can't evolve. But if you pick a totally new direction, then you best be staying on that totally new direction for a while. Mm -hmm. And when you do pick that, you need to pick something that aligns with who you are. Mm -hmm. Because I, I've, I've told this story before, but it's important. When you're building a business 
and you're trying to attract people to you. While we would like to think it's not about us, it's really about what I'm selling. And if I offer enough value, who I am really doesn't matter. It's not true. People want a, a relationship with you. That's They're buying a relationship with you. Even if you're selling physical products, they're buying a relationship with you. And so you have to show up as yourself in your brand. So I remember when I started my web design company, just a couple months before I met Emily, when I originally launched, my brand looked a lot more feminine and like light and airy and quiet, gentle, gentle. gentle. It looked, it looked like a baby blanket. Okay. I'm not that person. I'm a little bit loud. I'm a little bit obnoxious. I like to wear leopard print with a color t-shirt that has graphic prints on it. Like I mix it up and that's okay. But if my brand doesn't reflect that, then like what happens is when you're trying to show up and be yourself on social media and use your words and do all the other things. And then like the fonts and colors and all that other stuff clashes that clash, whether you want it to or not, it builds distrust. People are like, nope. Mm -mm. Well, and quite literally, because, and I think I've told this story on here before, but it's been a while. This exact scenario happened to us where we were socially friends with someone. We followed this person's like website, Instagram and whatever. And it was so colorful and bright and beautiful and fun. And then we worked to collaborate with them. So we hopped on a phone call and it was like awkward. Like she was silent and quiet and mousy and timid and just like not bad qualities at all. Not what we were expecting based on her brand presence. And so the two, when they didn't match in our brains, Abby and I got off the call and we were like, I'm out. Immediately, I'm out. The relationship ended. And so like what I don't want for you to do, like say, for instance, you're shy on video, like you don't do a lot of stories. Okay. And so then you're just, you're relying on words and you're what you look like. You're the actual fonts and colors and photography. And that's all you're putting out. The moment you end up on a client call, if your vibe doesn't match your vibe (laughs) and there's a clash it will be a major turnoff for people. Yeah. Yeah. It ma- it impacts people psychologically more than we think. And so that's why we're bringing it up so you can be in tune. With it. So it's it's a great thing because then you can just pick things you like. Yeah. And things that feel like you. Yeah. And, and it makes it a lot less like stressful. If you like it and it goes together, then great. Then run right. with it. Yeah. Um it's the moment when we're trying too hard to be something we're not that it all kind of comes crashing down. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. 
You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.